Welcome to the Coach Approach Podcast, brought to you by Mead Coaching and Games. We offer insight into different areas of coaching, along with the news and updates of the latest projects we're rolling out across the county. So this episode is being hosted by myself, Ian Quinn, and I'm the GPO in the North Mead region. And I'm joined in this week's episode of the podcast with Dermot Byrne and Barry Tedder. So we will also have staff members join us each week as, um, as we go through the weeks to talk about the different projects ongoing. So, Dermot, welcome back to episode three. Good to be back on the other side of the table this week, Ian. Uh, you're you're our host for this week, so I I get a taste of the action from the other side. Yeah, I've, I've big shoes to fill this week. And Barry, <laughs> <laughs> Barry, it's great to have you on. Welcome to the Coach Approach. Gentlemen, it's good to be here, surrounded by all the the uh, the glorious Mead men that we are now. <laughs> Imports. We'll have, to, we'll have to make sure we we reach our quota of one mead person next week, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll have to try to get to So just quickly, guys, before we go into the topic today, uh, we might get a little bit of background from both of you, um, just to give it a little bit of context before we head into it. Dermot, do you want to introduce yourself a bit further? Yeah, um, I suppose I've been on the other side of the table, so I haven't had the opportunity to do this. So, um, yeah, uh, my my background is I worked for, for the GDA for four years in Wexford before moving up here. I uh, was GDA down there and moved into a role as a GPO here in Mead, uh, working with Retote, as I've said previously. Um, part of my role then, I'm also involved in a, a national project around well-being. Um, which consumes some of my hours. Uh, I suppose my background is sports management and coaching and then exercise and nutrition science then as a postgrad as well. So a um, bit of a, a varied background, but yeah, uh, enjoying my time in, in Mead so far. Yeah, you've touched on a lot of different areas there, um, with, even just with a couple of degrees, never mind the other projects going on. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Barry, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, so I'm in Mead now, coming up on four years, just over four years now. Um, so I'm a, a GDA, so a Games Development Administrator, but then I'm also a part-time GPO, a promotion officer for Simonstown for about 20 hours a week. Um, so uh, roles are very similar, really, being honest, um, but just if I have a, maybe specific uh, projects to work on. So I mean, sort of around talent academy and maybe the strength and conditioning and things and and development of of, of that. Um, so yeah, I was kind of similar to them. I kind of jumped around a few different bits and pieces. Uh, college in the dock, doing sports leadership, and then into the real world of walking and, and sales and different bits and pieces and bobs. And I went back to college myself and went in sort of the, the S and C role in, in back to college and did that part time and then ended up in in, in Mead with a, a job I actually absolutely love. Um, yeah, so that's kind of me. Brilliant, uh, brilliant. And just to add a bit of context to the to the discussion we're going to have today, um, so Barry as the games, as the performance GDA, now that we have Barry on, we're going to talk through our general discussion of our youth athletic development and its importance. And we're going to follow that up by going through the Be Ready to Play program that the GA have launched in the last couple of weeks, and followed by putting that Barry in the hot seat for a bit of Q&A at the end. And just before we go into it, just so I have a sports science degree myself, so we'll be able to have, between the three of us, between Dermot with the nutrition and Barry in the performance GDA role, um, I think we'll have a really good conversation around this, lad, so I'm looking forward to this. So we'll go straight into it. Um, Barry, I'll start with you if that's okay. So yeah. youth, youth athletic development <clears throat> in Gaelic games. So what is it and why is it important? What is it and why is it important? Yeah, um, good question. Um, I suppose when we look at it, um, the, the way we look at it is uh, there's loads of different areas of it. It's athletic, uh, probably athletic quality that are in, play, that are in kids, people, anybody really. Um, so they incorporate like a few different things. So maybe like physical performance, your strength, uh, power, agility, speed, uh, flexibility. So they're, they're all them sort of uh, components of it, which which is kind of what we look at. And I suppose it's a method or a way of developing um, or 
coaching or whatever you want to look at it, all those sort of strands that kind of come together alongside obviously all the skills end of things and the other bits and pieces of of what make up uh, you know um is the way i would kind of look at it uh, i suppose uh like we can you can it can get bogged down and very scientific and we can look at all different ways of how it should be coached and something sort of but i suppose the simplest way of looking at it is uh, if you take a school scenario it's physical education it, it, it's it's um it's kids and 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 people out incorporating all these different things and in, in simple games or in activities that they're doing like we it can be a kick i said it can get very scientific but i don't think there's a need for it it's it, it's all them strands um being developed at different times um that give uh, a player or a coach or, or a boy or a girl the best opportunity to maybe be to reach their potential i suppose with the yeah. look at it <clears throat> There's a lot of plates spinning there, like you're saying. Like there's so many yeah. different strands going at the same time. Yeah, like like there, there, there's a lot going on, and, and and coaches and can get bogged down in it. Um, and that's one thing. Like definitely, I'd love to. If anybody, if people that are listening, to this take away that it, it's keeping it as simple as possible. But like, yeah, there's a lot going on there. You can look at why oh, I fit all these into my my training session, or I have to do. Uh, five minutes over here now on speed and ten minutes. Over, like it's 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 not that's not the way I would look at it. I would look at incorporating this into games like running, jumping, catching, throwing, like uh, manipulating. The it, it can yeah yeah exactly. It can be done in so many different ways um, that you don't need to just go okay. You don't have to pigeonhole stuff and say okay, we're only working on speed now for the next ten minutes. No, no, no. Just get kids chasing you and run as fast as they can. Run like you're a train. Run like you're, run like there's a, a wolf after you or something like that. It can be done in so many different ways that it doesn't need to be pigeonholed like a real sciencey end of things, you know. And that's the way I kind of coach. And that's like you gotta we gotta engage with the kids as well and 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 the coaches and the parents and and, and they have to get buy in from them. So keeping it simple is the is the best way. So that's kind of a long way of. Of describing that, I don't know how you guys look at it, but I suppose that would be uh, the way I would. Yeah, no, very good. Um, Dermot, I'll just come to you quickly and get your opinion on why you think it's important, or or how important you think it is, even. Um, yeah, well, look, Barry's made a few excellent points there, and and I suppose the thing about it is we could go down the 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 science route, and you know, really over analyze things and go down talking technical and all that kind of stuff but for a simple takeaway for a coach it's been able to move properly to play the games that we're involved in um, so if there's jumping if there's running if there's kicking if they're striking you know they all involve coordination and making the body move in a certain way to be able to do that properly so for me that's what that's what athletic development is about it's making sure that we have built agility in from a young age and that's starting at you know five six seven where we're playing games of foxes and hounds and kids are learning how to change direction and manipulate their movement organically um, and yeah. it's happening within those games when they go out on a pitch is it any different no somebody stands in front of them and they want to go around them they need to incorporate a sidestep that's agility does it happen in foxes and hounds absolutely does it happen in a match absolutely so it's marrying those two things together um and I suppose that, like, as I said, we can look at it in a complicated way and we can, you know, be talking about working in the gym and doing all these um, individual strength exercises and, and different things to improve different areas. But when we break it down to the basics, we still can work on athletic development. Um, I suppose different different, different elements of, of athletic development when we when we go back to the the. Uh, the simple points of, of fun games, uh, looking at agility, balance, coordination. Um, and for me, that's that's kind of where it goes, uh, you know, about being the, the importance of it or, or why it's, you know, why we should be uh, incorporating it into our sessions. Yeah, I think just for the, what I'm getting to with you is just the holistic picture of it, whether it be your movement skills or whether it be, um, your proprioception, just even understanding the way your body works. I think that's kind of the way you're going for it too. So I think that's brilliant. Um, yeah, I, I jump in. Sorry, like even yeah. there, I agree with everyone today. I'm saying like, what we're doing is we're like, you're literally just building a massive, like, or I suppose 
the way our role in like schools coaching probably has changed. Like people might think, oh, we're in maybe uh, coaching hop and solo and uh, playing all these kind of three v threes and four v four games. Yes, that does go on maybe with the older age groups, but like at the younger age groups, um, in certainly from the definitely the way with, with coaching schools, it's a lot of athletic development. I'm doing a lot of hopping on one leg, like simple sort of as you said, fundamental stuff. Every week, week on week, constantly just trying to get this because the kids, the kids don't get it, um, or they're not getting enough of it, maybe, um, at, either at home or in school or maybe at their whatever sport they're playing, uh, and it's key, it's needed uh, for whatever sport these guys and girls are going to play. They need, they, they need to have this sort of foundation laid, and then we just keep building on it and building on it as they move into the sort of the the youth age. Uh, 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 but it never, it, it doesn't really change. You're still, the games might, the look of the game and the game you play might change, but you're still trying to coach, you're, I suppose you're trying to coach it without coaching it nearly at a younger age. Whereas maybe when they get into that, maybe late teenage, then as Dan would say, you, you might look at the sort of the the the, 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 the kind of gym-based sort of stuff or the home-based workouts will, will come in there where you're giving them uh, specific exercises to do. Um, but if they, certainly from 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 four, in my opinion, fourteen down, like you're just having the fun with them. They're they're learning themselves by playing them games at the Amazon. But there's lo- a variety of them out there. Uh, how their body moves. They're they're figuring it. They're figuring things out them for themselves without us actually telling them what they're doing. Okay, so you you touched on a nice point there about building the base, and so once we've got this foundation this broad foundation of all these different areas and all of these different skills once we've got a decent foundation everything um as a coach say we're of youth players so maybe under 15s under 17s we have our foundation in place what aspects should we prioritize from there um barry i'll go to you first on this one and dear i'll get you to hop in, in a minute but we have our foundation as a coach where do we go next with the under 15 under 15 team that can actually move quite well what aspects of athletic development should we go to next? Oh, straight into winning championships. It's all about winning championships. <laughs> uh, uh, no, like it's like it's not. It, it, it's a it's a long term. It's a long journey to to get these kids all up to they are the best that they can be. Um, so for me, um, I'm a big believer in speed um and i love uh, and and i would go down the route of that and that is one of the kind of really important ones and one that really we're at all the time um and i would see that as being a, a really important one because the, ga- the games we play are all play at breakneck speed when we're either on the ball or off the ball you're, you're moving when you want you moving you've got to you got to avoid you got to you got to use your, your your speed to get away coaching speed all the time but not coaching it in a way that you're coaching uh, A skips or B skips or all the sort of technical sort of stuff. You're just playing and coaching as a chase and, uh, and them sort of things. So in order that, you will have um, your strength and power will come into it as well. But like, not in a formal way, once again, like, in an informal way, definitely in, in sort of warps uh, as much as possible. You're getting all these kind of things in. So teaching kids, uh, how to move in a squat position properly, how to hinge properly, how to brace, how to do planks, um, that sort of thing. Simple exercises, take-home exercises that they can do at home. Um, and But we always have to go back that they still need to have ball in hand as much again. And I think things do get blurred here in this area where we think that we need to get kids on Zooms or in the world we live in at the moment, or we need to get, when we, get, when we do with kids, we're going to spend an hour or 45 minutes of our week with these boys and girls doing athletic development. Uh, well, no, let's kind of build it into everything that we do. Let's build it into our session. Let's build it into our warmth. Let's build it into our skills part. Let's build it into all these different things. We don't have to kind of be pulling them out and going, okay, we're just doing athletic development now. We, we need to kind of build it all into, they're getting, a, they're getting a session because it always will come back to skills um, and a, a, the ability on the ball. And this is one thing that I, I I always harp on about, but like a lot of the, uh, no, I, I don't know what your opinion is, but a lot of this stuff we can catch up on. Um, a majority of it, uh, yeah, a lot of it we can catch up on the athletic development and things and S and C, I suppose we can, we can catch up on a lot of it at a later age. We can't catch up on a lot of football 
at a later age. So we can't catch up on skills. It, it, it's really, really difficult to do. So I think it's important that it's always kind of focused and around skill development alongside hand in hand um, athletic development would be the way I would love to see it ran. But speed. <laughs> speed yeah, to go back yeah. to I love speed. Speed, speed is really if, important. If if you're if you're pinned to the wall, you'd go with speed. Um speed, but yeah, but just even the game is that if you're top level, the way the game is at top level. But like mm-hmm. obviously all the other things fall in underneath that or are are as important for massively or injury prevention, uh that sort of thing. The more kids, the more a young boy or girl can be on the field practicing the skills. Well, once they're not injured, they can do that. So if we got to keep them, we got to them strong so we keep them on the field. So it it, it, it stops them sort of things happen. Yeah. Now, even what you were saying there, but we can't catch up on the skills. I think it's fairly um, well known that by the ages of 13 or 14, depending skill, most of the skills are fairly set and that you're not going to make huge improvements. The skill level you get to by the age of 13 or 14 is kind of the skills you're going to have and you're you're not going to close up a gap at that age. Um, so that you make yeah. a very good point in that it's a lot harder to catch up on the technical skills than it is to catch up later on in the athletic side of things. Dermot, if you were a coach with a youth team, what sort of, and you have a good movement foundation in place and you've done all the basics, what sort of area would you be looking to move towards? Obviously, you probably have a, you might have a similar holistic approach to Barry, but if you had to kind of nail one sort of area. Yeah, well, look, as I said before, Barry's made, made excellent points there and he's bang on in what he's saying. Um, I suppose there's a couple of points just to, to add on to it. Um, I suppose at at that stage, like bodies are still changing and growth spurts are still happening. There's late developers, um, even at 15 to 17, you know, kids can like lads can shoot up a, a foot in six months, you know, and, and that has to be taken into consideration um, as well. So I suppose I'd, I'd re-emphasize the point that I don't think we should ever stop focusing on the basics of agility balance coordination and building that into our session as much as as much as possible because they're the things that are are active in in the game all the time regardless if we're seven or 17 um and 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 i suppose kids have to relearn their body as well after a growth spurt and it's, it's something that we have to be mindful of um you know you move in a certain way and you can do certain things but then you hit this growth spurt and you're kind of like, right, I'm gangly again. And, and, and how, how do things work? Do you know? So you have to figure that out again and, and nearly relearn a new body. Um, so we need to be emphasizing the importance of continuing to do those, uh, those things to work on agility, balance, coordination, continue to play those fun games, uh, reemphasize the point of what Barry's saying there. Um, you know, the game is what is the most important thing. Uh, athletic development is there to to supplement the game just you know to make sure that we can um w- we can do what we want to do and 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 carry out the skills that we want to be able to perform um i suppose from there then taking on I, I, the essence of your point is that right we have all that so what do we do next uh for me it would be focusing on on bodyweight exercises um I, i'm not in any rush to get lads you know, underneath a bar and squatting weight or lifting lifting heavier weights. Um, I want them to be competent within their own body weight first. You know, prove to me that you're ready to progress is, is always my mantra. You've, you, you have to earn that right to progress. Just because you hit 16 or 18 doesn't mean, right, you're ready to lift weights now. Um, are you competent at moving your own body? Can you do uh, variations of a press-up? Right, so you can do a basic press up. Now, can we lift your feet off the ground and you're still competent? Um, you know, you, you might be co- competent at a bodyweight squat. You get good mobility. You can get nice and low. You can get into the position that we're looking you, looking for you to get into. Right, now, can you do it on a single leg? You know, have, have you got that, that bilateral development in place as well? So can you do it on both sides? Are you balanced? Um, all these things need to be looked at. For me, anyway, this is my personal approach. And when you've proved that, that you're at that level, that you're at a, a good level with your body weight and you understand how to move and control your body, then we can start looking at introducing external weight and external loads. Um, so th- I suppose that would be the emphasis that I'd normally take. If I have somebody between 15 and 17 that I know has that foundation in place, that I know their movement in general is good, uh, I know that 
if I'm the coach or the coach that's working with them is still incorporating all those basic things of agility, balance, coordination, true fun games, uh, keeping them engaged in that, then that's how I would progress things. I'd, I'd look at the body weight side of things and and start start incorporating more and more complex movements. We start off really, really simple. And then once they've you know, shown that they can do that over a period of time, then we start to make it more and more complex. And like when you bring in complex body weight movements, you could be months working at, at, at things like pistol squats, you know, a single leg squat, like could take months to develop before you ever need to go near any external weight. And for me anyway, if, if a 17 year old can bang out 10 reps of a pistol squat, it's nearly as impressive as, as getting under a bar and being able to competently squat, you know, a decent amount of weight. Um, Absolutely. So that's kind of generally what my mindset or my, my idea is, in terms of that age group so when they've shown the competency then we can we can progress them yeah and joy just to jump back in there damn uh like i, I agree with everything you're saying and uh ian you obviously know bits and pieces we're working on sort of that progressive kind of uh pathway of moving from say even uh body weight squat to goblet squat to count on uh counter balance we we have all that sort of in the academy and it's a kind of like a scoring system or we're bringing it in so we but guys can progress so you could we could have ending up to maybe say 40 50 lads say on a squad of maybe under 16s but they might all be as you said they'll, they'll all be at different um junctions or at different levels of what they can do so we can kind of program out for them going forward now when we get back getting back to a bit more normality we can give them okay this guy is a level two on the squat but maybe he's a level four on say uh, a, a pulling exercise or a hinging exercise so we we do kind of hopefully we'll, we'll be able to incorporate that and kind of as you said take them from uh younger age kind of on field and kind of body weight and then once they're capable and able and we're not eating into too much time with our football and we, we can get developing them on up, 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 the, up the ladder that way and um, tracking everything and everything in a safe environment being being obviously the, the main thing but one thing you just said about obviously the growth sports and this is one thing like and it's something probably listen we you can you can invest loads of time energy and money into into kind of tracking this sort of thing and it's another thing that we we hoping to start we, we do in the academy as well is sort of tracking the trying to find out peak height and all them sort of fancy things but like a simple way for a club coach to track this is once you get clearance from the parents that you can take a photograph is taking team photographs like this is something that des ryan des ryan and arsenal does it all the time every six months take a photograph of your players lined up so maybe line them up alphabetically so um alan's first barry second kieran's third and just take a photograph of them in them positions they stay in the same position all the time um, and you'll see over six over six months, suddenly you'll see players shooting up, players being passed out. The big lad is now suddenly the same height as everybody else. The small lad's now bigger than, is, is bigger than the biggest lad that was there last month or six months ago. And it's also really really good as a retention tool. So you're taking a photograph of all these players you have in two years' time. Out of your first photograph, you've lost five players, six players. Okay, where are them players gone? Let's try and find them, get them back into the system, get them back into the club. So it's just a handy tool for, for, for coaches to kind of use in their own club, and it's a simple one to use. And it says if Arsenal are doing it with all the money that they have behind them, um, it's it's one that I think any club coach can kind of do. Once, obviously, everything's clear to parents that are allowed to take photographs, but simple way of just tracking sort of growth sports and, and seeing where they are, because kids will get awkward and there might be a drop off in skill level or, or you're thinking, oh, what's going on with this guy or girl who are so good and now again, it's gone, all gone. But yeah, simple thing like that, just photograph is, is simple, a club photograph. That's brilliant. I hadn't heard anything like that before. That's a good one now. I no. think just from the points that the two of you have made. No, I haven't heard that one. That's a good one. Listen, I'm not going to copyright it, but listen, you can use it. I'll let you use it. <laughs> Um, but from the points the two of you have made, I think there's some brilliant considerations for coaches, whether it be just to be mindful that when players go through, so Barry mentioned the peak height velocity or the growth spurt, as David mentioned, that you kind of have to relearn how to use your body. So that's something to definitely be mindful of. And then, like Dearman said, learn to control your body and the weight of your body before having to add extra weight to it. So I think I think there are decent principles to work off. Um, Barry, I'll stick with you for a minute. Um, yeah. 
what recommendations? So, say if we're pitching this, say if there's parents listening, or if there are youth players themselves listening, um, what elements or recommendations would you have for players? What of things they could work on at home? So, never mind COVID. So this this could be just a general. They're doing uh, coming in from school and they want to work on a little bit, few bits and pieces. What sort of areas would you kind of recommend to them? First excuse me, first recommendation I give them is to sign up to the Easter Expo, the Media Easter Expo, Easter Expo, which is going to be running next over the next two weeks. We will be doing live sort of shameless bits book. and pieces. Oh, sorry, 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 yeah, sorry. Uh, live, um, we'll be doing live sort of. They're not going to be workouts. They're going to be more coaching clinics on sort of a life development where we pull in two, three exercises, movements, mobility, upper body, lower body. We we have more planned out there. And we'll be going through them live on screen. And uh, parents, kids can sign up. They can jump in uh, if they're happy enough and the parents are happy enough to put the cameras on. We can try and maybe do a bit of spot and fixing on, on, on camera as well. Um, so that's a plan for the next two weeks. Um, but as you said, in a normal world, um, I suppose as you said, keeping it simple, um, which can be very easily done. Um, you don't need any sort of mad stuff, your school bag or um, anything like that you can use as an external um, way to kind of progress stuff on. But if you're just starting out and you're just keeping it basic, uh, obviously any sort of squat, uh, as Jamie said, single leg, if you're if you're able to do them, brilliant. But otherwise, just a standard squat, if it's with a, with a, a counterbalance maybe, um, or you're holding a weight and pushing it out. Um, but I suppose uh, squatting, lunging, um and a, a hinge movement um would be sort of what i'd recommend at home and if possible uh, obviously uh, if you can throw something or if you can jump um so like throwing a weight or a met if you had some sort of weighted medicine ball like throwing throw jump and run i suppose is as simple as you can make it at, at, at home if you can broad jump or um so literally jumping across the garden, you're losing the explosive, you're exploding across the garden, using your lower body legs. If you can throw stuff uh, and then sprinting, um, like as um, as simple as that. So sprint, throw stuff around the place and jump around the place, I think, would be uh, for a home, simple sort of work is, is good. And there's loads of bits and pieces you can coach into that um, as a real stripped down version. Um, that would be something we could do. But uh, as I said, jump on the expo in the next two weeks and we'll go through loads of bits and pieces that um, from 13 up to any age, really, uh, if you want to incorporate them into sort of a either a home workout or anything like that, it would be, would be ideal. But yeah, so sprint, throw and jump. Yeah, brilliant. Dermot, would you have any thoughts on that? And the dad? S- sounds like uh, sounds like a good party. Throw, jump, and sprint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Distance and oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Well, at the moment, anyway. Um, yeah. I suppose, like one thing to add to that that, that we see with the the youth player specifically is is flexibility work. Um, for me, that's you know it's, it's one thing that can be done away from our sessions and should be prioritised away from our sessions that we can. We can work on flexibility and mobility um, at home. And I suppose maybe they're not in school right now, but they're still sitting at desks and things like that. But, you know, life is kind of designed to sit down so much that, you know, you're you're sitting down to eat your breakfast, you're sitting down in school, you're sitting down in the car or the bus, you're sitting down at the, at the telly when you come home, you're sitting down at your desk to work on whatever you're doing. We do so much sitting and we become tight. You know, we have, we have tightness in certain areas uh, because of that. Um, and then we go to our training session and we do five minutes of stretching, you know, before or after uh, we were ready to train. And that's about all the flexibility work that we do. So it's, it's something that we can we can emphasize that um, kids can be doing a little bit of stretching at home and, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day or if they can do five to 10 minutes twice a day, even better. Um, I'm sure the two of you have heard of it. There's a book called The Supple Leopard, um, and, and it emphasises that point that we want to we want to build suppleness in. So that flexibility, mobility, and strength all paired together makes suppleness. And it it uh, talks about like a leopard it doesn't have to warm up and stretch before it's, it it goes chasing its prey. 
it's it's always ready. Um, you know, it can it stands up and it can go chasing. It's it's ready all the time, and we want to build that into our players or our athletes as well. Um, you know that that we're not worried about them being that tight and that you know uh, stiff that when they go out onto the pitch, we're, we're worried about them pulling the hamstring after 10 minutes at the age of 15. Like that, that just shouldn't even be a consideration. So I suppose that would be the, the one thing that they could be doing um, is, is just giving everything a good stretch. They know, they know the stretches from being at training. So put five or 10 minutes in the morning, five or 10 minutes in the evening and, uh, and stretch everything out. And it's going to, it's going to help Barry's uh, sprinting, jumping and throwing there as well. Um, if we're if we're supple en- supple enough to do it, yeah, yeah it's definitely it's an area hard, that's overlooked. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard sell sometimes to to the kids as well. Sometimes when they think about it, I think it's kind of oh well, I need to be doing kind of more. I want to get bigger and stronger and and all this sort of stuff. But like you're you're spot on. Like the amount of time that he and I know you know uh, like we'd spend with with lads coming into say squads. The amount of time we spend trying to loosen them out and get them capable of getting into a squat position or capable of getting into a proper hinge position or had open opening out their their chest because they're as you said they're sitting all day they're curled over they're getting out of bed they're sitting at the breakfast table they're sitting in the car to school they sit in school all day they sit in the bus on the way home or the car on the way home they sit and do the homework they sit and do xbox whatever so the amount of time we spent that sort of the, the shoulders kind of leaned forward we, we got to open that chest out so as much as they can, animal movements, whatever, yeah, crawl around the house, like, yeah, if you can do, yeah, stuff like that is 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 necessary because it just it, it'll help not only in a sporting context but just in in life in general. I suppose when you get when we look back now, well, Ian, you're still young, yeah, but I think you're young as well. But like, <laughs> you think in a bed, <laughs> five and six ones have me in bits, like, yeah, so like. You gotta be like that sort of take that sort of time that that you can uh, give yourself them the two minutes just to loosen out, relax, whatever. Uh, I know Neil Kane, who used to work with us, is is out now as well online. Sort of the yoga and you know, like if it was good enough for a guy who played county ball, and he I know he built it into his his uh, routine an awful lot. So uh, everybody should be kind of at it, you know. And like Man United, so Ryan Giggs was the same as Man United. Ryan Giggs always had it in his uh, in his uh, weekly schedule. I think two or three times a week he was doing yoga and he played into his like late thirties. So and Ronaldo must be at. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think when you're when you're talking about Giggs, there the the low cars were destroying his hamstrings as well, and he he looked at changing that and introduced yoga. And again, like look, it definitely. It um it lengthens the career in in the likes of those players anyway. But just a little point to, to pick up on there, Barry. Like when kids start to stand and start to walk. So I've 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 uh, a one year old there now that's, that's starting to walk, and you see her standing Enjoy up. And she's that. I know, yeah, great. It's it's great fun. But um, <laughs> you you see her standing up, and you know she just naturally sit down in a perfect squat to play with her toys and you look you know you know the back is straight the head is up the hips are low sitting onto the heels everything is in that perfect position and we're like okay we can do this from the age of one but then as we get into 15 we can't do it so what's happened and and that's kind of why we emphasize the point of we're doing so much sitting and and we're you know we're in these positions that are stiffen stiffening the body up shortening the muscles and we're not doing anything to counteract that. And, and like when we talk, like we all go into to schools and uh, do a bit of coaching in primary schools. Like that's one of the things that I emphasize is those little animal movements and getting into those like squat positions and walking around in a squat position. Because at five, six, seven, eight, all the way up to 12 of primary school age, they've already started to lose it because they're not you like we all know the term use it or lose it. So. I want to emphasize that to, I suppose, parents, coaches of those age, teachers, like we want to get them into those positions and, and keep that, that, again, go back to that word, suppleness. We want to keep that suppleness um, from the ages of one, two and three, all the way up to 16 and 17. There's no reason we should lose it if we continue to implement it into our sessions or implement it into our home life or implement it into our um, school days. You know, for, yeah. for five minutes, five minutes twice a day in school 
why can't we do something like that? Get into a low squat position and walk around. Do you know, why can't we stretch out the chest and, and do those things that we're seeing problems with down the line? Do you know, it, it, it's making these uh, mindful decisions to counteract them at an earlier age. So then we don't have to undo it down the line. It, it, it never gets to the point that we have to undo it. Um, yeah, so there, there, there's plenty that we could look. We could probably talk about this for, for hours. There's, there's loads that we could go into it, the things they could be doing at home. But um, that's definitely a couple of points, I suppose, for, for people to take away. Yeah, there's so many rabbit holes for us to potentially go down, but I think we're going to have to move us on a small bit, okay? <laughs> um, just finally, to finish, wrap up this bit of an about development section, Barry, I'll come to you first. The big, looking at the big picture, so where does athletic development and these physical attributes, where does it sit in relation to being able to play GA compared to like technical skills, tactical skills, so on? Um, my opinion, uh, the game always comes first. So technical and technical definitely first, and then uh, maybe tactical and athletic development will come in, come in then. Um, but as we as we as we said earlier on, like being able to make the ball talk to you is like an unreal thing to be able to do, and like we all know. The players, obviously, we know the players at the top level, like you see, or your Dermot Connollys and, and 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 lads like that that can let's basically put the ball anywhere, left or right, and they can catch it one-handed and and all these different sort of things, and it's amazing to see. Um, so that would be where where my big thing is, like so. We'll go back to the younger kids, the catching, the throwing, um, manipulating the ball, and then. As, as you move in then, as they, as they pick up the skills of the game, you're just re-emphasising every week it's skill uh, skill acquisition, always in the skill, always ball in hand, I think. Um, for coaches on, at, at, at game time, or sorry, at training time, which I, and I know you, 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 you with Jenny in your, your previous um, episode, like it's limited the time we kind of get with them. So, and I know you're kind of discussing the sort of the, the, the walk away from the field, maybe whether it was called homework or whatever, but like really encouraging them sort of things which is kind of the world we're in now is kind of it's maybe become a lot easier to kind of sell the kids like uh, sending on parents clips of maybe skills challenges off walls which i know we've done at, at, at a academy and then we've done also as part of the coaching and game staff we've been sending a challenge and all that sort of thing but literally banging the ball off the wall or or or, or anything like that or getting out in the street and playing with the ball and, 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 and figuring challenging yourself I think is is a thing giving the child a, a ball and just saying figure out figure that out there for yourself and try it and give it a go and give them a few cues and a few pointers and then get and go again but I would say skills has to be one because like the best team in the country at the moment is the most skillful team if you take it at hurling or football they're the most skillful team everything else will fall behind it whatever else you want to call it athletic development S&C GPS, money, whatever, that'll all fall in behind. But the <laughs> best players on the best team are everything and are the all-stars because they're the best. So they're the best, the most skillful teams are are winning. Um and like you take it back here, you probably back if we take it back to club scenarios then as well. Like the teams that are winning are probably the most have probably the most potential to it, the probably the most skillful players. Um and all the other stuff will come in as well, their fitness and all that'll come as well, and their lovely fancy gyms and all that sort of stuff, and all the work they did up on running on the hill of Tower will come into it as well. Like that that's brilliant. But um there's there's a set of goals at each end of the field that we need to either put it over or into. And um yeah, I think it that has to be that has to be the the, the main thing. So I'm I'm always pinning skills as as number one. Um Probably put myself out of job, but like skills is skills <laughs> is king. David, would you argue any of those points? No, there's no arguing with that. Um, I I definitely agree with Barry that that look. He mentioned it there, making the ball talk. Do you know when you see a player that can do that, like they're the players that stand out. That's what we want to encourage. That kids are starting off from a young age and bringing that all the way through to minor and even from there on like you should never stop working on your skills developing new skills you know coming up with something that's never been seen before why like you know why can't it happen why can't why can't you be the one that comes up with something we've never seen um you know we go back to uh say own mulligan's goal against dublin a number of years ago with the with the two dummies you know it, it that's that's what makes the game uh 
impossible not to love. You know, people love looking at those kind of things and saying, geez, that was amazing. Um, nobody looks at him and says, you know, I wonder why he's squatting. That, that, yeah. that, that supports him allowing to perform the skills. Absolutely. As, as Barry said, whether it's athletic development or whether it's psychological focus or whether it's, um, you know, uh, tactics or team player or whatever it might be, they, they, they're all there to, to support the performance of the technical skills. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd, I'd emphasize that exactly what Barry's saying. Just a little, uh, a little story to go along with that is um, a footballer down in Wexford, PJ Banville. Uh, multiple coaches came in to take over the, the county team in, in Wexford, wanted to get PJ into the gym and develop him this way and that way and the other. PJ's answer was always, you can't put muscles on my feet. Do you know, that's what kicks the ball over the bar at the end of the day. So, um, you know, and, and in fairness to him, he was well able to do it. That's that that's the ability that he had. Now, you'd, you'd often argue if he had to put a little bit more work into the gym, maybe, the you know, the, his performance levels might have increased a small bit, but that goes back to the point. It supplements the technical ability to perform perform the skills. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's, there's not much more to add than that. We, we, we have to focus on skills first, and it's not just perform the skill which are uh, what coaches tend to class as your good side Uh, and again that's another little pet peeve of mine that we have a good side and a bad side it shouldn't happen we have a left and a right we have a left foot and a right foot we have a left side and a left uh, and a right side we should be able to perform every skill on on both sides Um, and if kids can't do that it's the failing of the coach from giving them the opportunity to do so and supporting them in that way and so if we if we can do that uh, allow them to develop those skills you know give them some creative freedom to come up with something again at 15 15 16 17 if 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 a kid tries something in a game that's never been seen before and it doesn't work the worst thing in the world that i could see a coach doing is getting on to them for doing it you know praise it let the, let them try these things like these ages are still developmental um, and we want to see them having the the, I suppose the courage to try all these things as well because when they get to, to senior level and if they have the ability or the opportunity to go on to inter-county that's what we want to see that's what makes the highlights on the Sunday game that we all love seeing Do you know so we don't want to coach that out with them as well by emphasizing okay you know we, we don't want to see that but we want to see you doing 50 push-ups in a row so um, yeah for me that's it and then to supplement that as well I'd, I'd, I'd say play um, we we play the game for enjoyment first and foremost. You know that that's that's what it's about competitiveness. Competitive. I can't even say the word. Want want to win. That was on the spot day. That was, that was <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah. Sometimes uh, <laughs> sometimes the brain works faster than the mouth. But um, yeah, the, the the will to win I suppose comes in at at some stages. But again, we we still want to enjoy it. It has to be fun or you know, we're not going to continue to do it. You you fall out of love with the game if it if it's not enjoyable, and and that's true no matter what level or what age you play to. Um, so yeah, well, a little I bit. Think, I think that was a great discussion, lad. Um, sorry for I, I just I mean just to jump in. It's like there's no secret. Like and just when Dermot just mentioned there, the left and the right. Like every coach in any sport now knows how important it is to coach both sides of the body, whether it's. Uh, Gaelic, soccer, rugby, tennis, doesn't matter. Left and right, left and right. So it's no secret. Like Every coach should be really thinking of novel ways of how they can encourage a child to do this. Whether it's odd socks, whether it's a bit of tape on one hand that they know, or, or a glove on one hand, simple things like that. But like every coach, there's no reason why any coach out there can't be encouraging a player week, session after session, week after week, to get the ball from one side to the other, to hop from one side to the other. There's loads of challenges out there with, with as you go up the ladder with two balls and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. But like, there's absolutely no reason why we, we can't be encouraging that to, as as, as Jeremy said, supplement the all the other stuff that will go on be in the background, uh, the tactics and the, the physical end of things. But like, if we don't have this skill level coming up, so getting, like, if, if coaches that are lifting this, please, just, just, as much as you can encourage. Now, you can't make the child do it, um, but you can just encourage constantly and show them good practice in it, whether it, if you can do it or if you can show them people that are doing it in their club or like as, as any big names out there. You, there's YouTube clips of all these guys, of all these or girls, magic 
doing basic magic with the ball. Like you just got to show them and encourage them. And say this is this is what it's about. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that was a brilliant discussion, lads. I think we we ticked every box from athletic development to skill development there. But um, I think it was a re- really holistic um, kind of picture you painted. Um, no, that was fantastic. Now, what we're going to move on to now, we're going to move on to, so as we have done in the previous two pods and as we will going forward, we're going to go and we're going to look at a more specific project that's currently ongoing. So a few weeks ago, the GA launched the Be Ready to Play program, which is a sports science initiative aimed at preparing players for the demands that returning to play will provide. Um, so Barry, can you just briefly describe what this Be Ready to Play program is? Uh, yeah, so I think you covered it well there. It's, it's, it's a program that the GAA has come up because obviously the way the country is at the moment and the world is at the moment, obviously kind of everything's come to a, a shuddering halt. So it's getting um, youth players, so from the age of 13 to adult, um, preparing them, their bodies um, for coming, getting ready to go back onto the field of play to cut down on any injury which will cause even more time away from the field. So I think it's like a, it's a holistic uh, coaching and performance plan. Um, and it's it, it's targeted at club coaches and players. So it's, uh, it's not just a, a player a player angled or it's, it's not, it, it's also there for coaches to give them uh, the ability to coach this into sort of warm-ups or into their, into their sessions as well. And obviously for, for male, female, um, and as I said, adult and uh, from youth ages. So, um, that's kind of way way it's kind of it's been sold and it's been pushed out there. Uh, how you get onto it is obviously you, you register through the e-learning website, um, and it's every fortnight uh, information comes out. So it started on the second of March, uh, which is Tuesday evening. Uh, they usually do their live webinars on a Tuesday evening, um, or their, their live sessions on a Tuesday evening, um, and then two weeks later they'll do it again. So I think they had one on the sixteenth, so they'll have another one now on the thirtieth. So Tuesday thirtieth is the next one. Um, once you register online you get pushed out all the information of when they're on and you get all the links and all that as well and then so the, the live stuff is on the Tuesday and then the next day the Wednesday you also then get pushed out the um, the program and the video clips uh, for for what's coming up or, or what the plan is um, so uh, they're really good it's in uh, conjunction with uh, Satanta College um, which is a really good um, sports, uh, they have a really good sports uh, strength and conditioning course down there. Some really, really top uh, class people have worked on this um, from the GEA, from, not from the GEA. Um, so uh, yeah, like in short, you're looking at probably athletic development programs, um, so a monthly, monthly coach education webinars and sort of monthly sports science webinars um, and they're hoping to cover throughout the whole process, but it's not just a thing that's going to stop when we're back on the field. It's kind of going to be an, an, an ongoing thing to kind of go with the player and go with the coach on their development. So look, they're going to be covering, say, as we said, coaching and life development, um, well-being, nutrition, I think performance analysis in there as well. Um, they have like injury prevention and physiotherapist lined up to jump on as well as uh, skill acquisition and biomechanics and all that sort of stuff. So some fancy words used but like it's really directed at, at, at club level and and coaching and players level so it is a really good program as i said you jump onto the e-learning website um on ga.e you can register and literally all the stuff is sent to your inbox and you'll have a link to it and you can sign up for all three you can sign up for youth adult and the advanced one or you can just sign up for the the level you're working at really encourage people to to, to get on to this listen you might use it you might watch it, but it's there as a resource for you going forward as well. You'll have it all there. You, you mightn't just use it today or tomorrow, but maybe listen next year you'll have you have all the information there as well. Um, I think we've had in Mead, we've had a good buy-in uh, from Coach at the moment. Uh, I said we're going to drive it again um, by doing sort of webinars over ne- over the expo. Obviously, we're doing our live stuff, and then after that, we'll be kind of looking how we can maximise getting the most out of this as well for for our club coaches uh, and club players. So. And that's sort of a, a short, uh, shortened version of it, I suppose. Um, but yeah, go on to GL. If you just type it into uh, Twitter or Instagram, it's all over them. As I said, it's on the WGA website, learning learn website, or just throw it into Google, you'll, you'll find loads of information on it. But yeah, it's a really, really good plan. Really encourage people to, to, to jump on it. 
Yeah, that was a very comprehensive overview, in fairness, Barry. Thanks for that. Um, no. I, I think even <clears throat> the fact that it's got the youth section, it's got adult, and then it's got an advanced section, I think it just t- yeah. caters for everyone that way. Um, I think it's very, very impressive. Okay, very good. So, Barry, I'm going to put you in the hot seat now for a couple of minutes, if that's okay. We're going to, at the end of the video... Trouble now, yeah. Can I get myself in trouble by saying something? You know, I, this is I worry about this part, and I'm in the hot seat. Myself and dear, dear me, take no responsibility for what you're about to say, Barry. So it's oh, completely oh. on you. Just let grenades in. Okay, so at the end of each podcast, we do a little bit of a kind of quick fire Q and A section, just to help get the rest of the county or the coaches around the county get to know the staff a little bit better. So Barry, nice and easy. We'll, we'll easy into it. How long have you been coaching? Yeah, how long have I been coaching? Um, oh, I'll put an ear. I'd say since I was about nineteen twenty. So you're looking at sixteen, seventeen years. Um, kind of. I said to an earlier on, I got dropped into my first sort of uh, college out, and it was kind of in a sporting sporting area. Um and got kind of picked up an injury in and that stage. had me out for a year and kind of really got interested in it then and kind of went on from there. So about 16, 17 years now, yeah. Yeah, and um, where did you, what was your first coaching memory? Of me coaching or of being coached? Being coached, I think. Being co- coached. Um, so I'm the youngest in my house, uh, four, three older brothers, and dad was, dad was a coach as well, but of, of soccer, we right. dare say them words, but yeah, he was a soccer, big into soccer, and he actually founded like a, a club here in Loud Rock Celtic, um, so they would have kind of been, yeah, I kind of do remember, it would have been like, I would always, I had a problem with catching the ball over my head when I was younger, so overhead catching. From all the never, soccer. could never. Yeah, well, no, no, no. In fairness, I wouldn't have been a soccer head. And I was always kind of into the guy because the brothers were, the two next two brothers were kind of were, were playing Gaelic. So I kind of was into that. And I would have been down in the local, like my local club in the Piercy and the Dock. Like, sure, I was down in more collecting footballs behind the goals for when the lads were training. And the, the manager used to give me a pound at the time, a punt. Used to pay me for collecting the balls and bringing them back up. It was a good wee business going there three times a week, you know. Um, but yeah, overhead catching would have been a problem. And I remember being in one of the brothers' back gardens, and what he did was like, and like it's only when I look at it now, he used a soft, a softer ball, but it was a bigger ball than normal, and it was obviously easier for me to see, and I could like grasp the ball better when it was over my head because I could squeeze in the ball it was like a spongy sort of ball, and like the. I don't like he didn't know what he was doing. Like he he wasn't he thinking of how can I co- teach this fellow how to catch the ball. He was just kind of throwing the ball. I mean the ball that was in the garden was this spongy larger ball, and I just always remember from that day going forward, I could suddenly catch the ball over and I had no problem doing it. Not that I know unless I had problems on certain occasions and matches doing it, but like it always came easy enough to me um, that I was kind of comfortable doing it. So that would be that one. Um, but look, local club, yeah, it would have been in the local club in the Piercing and Dock. Um and yeah, sure. It was like nearly the back garden. Sure, it was only five, six hundred meters from the house. So we kind of we did there, spent summers in there, and and um would have jumped in, sort of coaching underage teams, and then sort of progressing up through nearly probably every age group in the club, and that's kind of where it started. Oh, kind of pretty similar to you guys, you know. Kind of following on actually, uh, what you touched on there. Kind of following on from the our episode two last week. Um, did the sibling effect have much of an impact on you? Do you think? Um, yeah, I'd say a, a good bit because um, there's actually an eleven-year gap between me and my next brother. Um, so like when when we were going to when he was going to training, like I'd be on the handlebars, he'd take me down and whatever, and I. I kind of love I I I love just being in the field and, and kind of the noise and the smells and you're only you just kind of you just kind of take it all in and and listen to the, the none of us were ever superstar footballers or anything that we could hold our own and and that sort of thing but yeah like we were, 
if it wasn't in the field, like when obviously when I was able to play a bit of football in the garden and that sort of thing, the older brother was a bit of a gap, but like battering the ball around the garden and uh, and that sort of thing. So you'd no, you'd no real choice, um, but to kind of get stuck in and uh, and and get on with it. But yeah, so they would have had a a big impact on us, you know, like, and like, I know it started with that mum and dad as well. Like not that they would have been sort of helicopters, you know, he's going to play football. You have to play football. They just would have let us do our own thing and figure things out ourselves in the garden and sort rows out and, and then bits and pieces. So, uh, it'll stand to you. Um, they would, they would have, yeah, they would have had a big sort of influence on me having a love for the GA. Um, we've kind of been a, We've been driven down my throat around like that, but just yeah, and I love for my home club as well. You know, it's, it's kind of you get them sort of things and and memories and that sort of stuff. You know, favorite age group to coach and why? Oh, favorite age group to coach. See every age group because going with the job, we love coaching every age group. Um, I'm really good at it. Um, <laughs> but there is there's there's, there's tough age groups. There's tough ones. You know, you, you get. You get to that early teens, and it's a tough, it's a tough sell sometimes. But um, listen, I, um, I primary school kids, I love coaching primary school kids because you just kind of you get that sort of they don't have a clue what's going on, or like you have that kid that doesn't have a clue what you're even talking about, and then you have the kid that wants to show you that they can do everything, and it's challenging them and giving them the fun games. I'm walking into a school, and like the kids are going absolutely buck crazy because they see you because they know they're going to get 40 minutes of absolute bedlam and chaos and noise and like I tell them listen I'm not a teacher I'm in charge here and I'm, I'm taking over and we can make as much noise as we want and I don't care and they'll, I, I love that sort of vibe you get off and then the spot you in the street in Navin or whatever and like they're shouting across the road to you well Barry and like or whatever and like you get the parents looking at going who is your man you're talking to like this big ball fella that you're shouting at in the street and I'm kind of going oh I, I do football with kids so um, yeah I love the kind of sort of primary school age um, like the teenager is a tough age, and we're after going through a lot of athletic development bits of piece there. Like they are going through an awful lot, um, hormones and all that sort of thing. It's a tough age, but like you can get a really, you can get a, a lot out of that group. Um, and obviously adults, adults are different kettle of fish. But uh, I suppose I'm in a, we're in a priv- I'm in a privileged enough position that I kind of work with a lot of teen groups that are kind of seen to be going in the one, right direction in in a squads or, or or whatever. So. I couldn't pick one, um, but the most enjoyable and the kind of, yeah, the most enjoyable is definitely primary school kids because they don't have a clue and they just, they love it. They just, they love the chaos, which is is, is great to see, I think. Uh, I don't know if you're really grasping this uh, quick fire question round. Um, Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) No, that was brilliant. Um, Free kicks off the ground or out of your hands? Uh, Adam, uh, free kicks. I was a goalkeeper, so uh, but if I, if I was allowed to hit a free kick, I would be going out of the hands. The goalkeeper picking the free kick out of the hands. Ah, yeah. There's questions ah, yeah. to be asked. And there. A we shuffle and everything, and I throw it up there, and ah, yeah. But now off the ground, I could. Uh, listen, the off the ground's a different story. I couldn't. I, I didn't have great distance in the kick out, but I could pick you out moving forty yards. No, I put it. I'd put it on. A, I'd put it on a plate for you. Favourite coaching Andy, or sports-based Andy film? Andy Mack needs, needs to give me a call. What was his favourite? What? Coaching or sports-based film? Oh. Uh, favourite. Um, Any Given Sunday. Um, like that. Obviously the speech in it. Every hair, everybody's heard that. Um, that was one of Jenny Urston's favourites, yeah. I like I like the sports documentaries. Uh, so the Last Dance, um, All or Nothing on Prime. Um, one, one I'm I'm got got into a mark, uh, which is the AFL AFL one on Prime. The sort of flying the wall sort of stuff. Um, was a fan of the Mighty Ducks as well though. Like lo lo in sports, it doesn't matter at the end. Yeah, I like I like the flying the wall sort of insights into what's going on in these sort of high level professional sporting places. Last and final question. Lens or oh, okay. between me and Loud. Oh. Who, are you sh- who are you shouting for? 2010. Uh, I was there. I was in the Cusick. Um, I was seven rows in front. I didn't try and get on the field, luckily enough. Um, obviously, I'm shouting for Loud. Um, it could have been 
it would have been a good day for them. Um, but a few stories there, and I better be careful here now, because uh, I know a lot of a lot of people in powerful positions in Mead were on the field that day. Um, <laughs> And uh, the, the yeah uh, yeah I was going for going for it's unusual I've, I was asked this before obviously in the role I'm in I've come up against Loud once played against Loud once in a minor championship in Drogheda and someone goes to me oh sure he delighted when 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 won and I went yeah, yeah listen I was delighted yeah it was happy me'd won that day because I'm in the group um you're you're part of you're you're kind of you're embedded in there and, and you have relationships with these people and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I was going for a that day, but um, I kind of have to go with Mead now. When I'm, uh, when I'm togged out on the line and I'm in, a, in an official role, I suppose, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going with Mead colours. But do we want to bring up the 2010 again? Do I want to go into detail on that? Ooh. I think that could be another episode. episode. <laughs> that could be like there's a lot of there's a lot of characters we need to bring up there like you know like Seamus Kenny had the championship haircut and everything that done that did a head shave like he was he was ready for it and then whoa you know (laughs) that's brilliant Barry listen it was good good talking to you Zads I enjoyed that okay well that's it for this episode um thanks for joining us everyone a big thanks again to both Dermot and Barry for their brilliant insights as we work through the weeks, we will have loads to discuss with all our staff, so make sure to keep an eye out for new episodes wherever you, can, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you in the next one.